Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Not only that, we've recently reintroduced harm reduction as a pillar of our comprehensive drug strategy and expanded access to Naxalone, naloxone. Or whatever it's called. Here's um, something that was written by Dory, Dorley, and it's from painnewsnetwork.org. I don't know why no one's listening to the actual pain patient. We know how much we can stand. Quit lumping us in with addicts. They are taking drugs for entirely different reasons. I think the recent studies coming out saying there's more of a chance of suicide if you take opioids is a joke. They're saying that because they know pain patients, including the vets, can't take the reduction in their meds, so they're covering themselves in case of suicide. I wonder what's really going on here. The number of pain patients overdosing on prescribed medication is very low. Why not worry instead about how many mistakes are made in hospitals that kill patients or how many illegal drugs are coming over from Mexico or China? Why keep picking on chronic pain patients? Where's the outrage over the fact that we're being denied medication that gives us some sort of quality of life? I can't think of another medical situation where patients are so discriminated against. Why are so many doctors, etc., afraid to speak up for us? Now, some doctors, including addiction specialists, are alarmed at what the CDC guidelines are creating. That should say something right there. Anyone that doesn't live in chronic pain or take care of a loved one in that situation should not have the power to decide how our doctors want to help us. Someday it may be you. None of us asked to be in this situation. I had a very sick cat, and the vet told me there's such a thing as quality of life. When a decision is made to put the poor suffering animal to sleep, what about us and the disappearing quality of life? That's from Dorley, and it's to painnewsnetwork.org. All right, the um, the people who are left behind, Casey, in Curtis, Ontario. Hey, Casey. Hello. Yes, sir. Go ahead, please. How are you, Roy? Good. How are you, Casey? All right. About as good as it gets. Um, I, I've been suffering chronic pain for close to 20 years now. Um, I get weekly nerve blocks, take uh, about 150 milligrams of morphine a day. Now, my physicians told me that... Uh, they're probably going to end up settling out at around 90 milligrams a day, the dose, for people that are, like, new to the system. Um, like people that have been in this uh, for quite some time, actually, they'll probably be able to retain the dose they're at. Nobody, see, nobody knows for sure. Nobody knows for sure, but uh, um, this is what my physician's telling me. Um, this is what the, the doctors that are involved in this are shooting for. Uh, 50 milligrams a day is, is far too low for somebody with chronic pain. 90 milligrams, I guess they figure, you know, is what it is, right? 
But for you, what, what does 90 milligrams do to you, or do for uh, you? It'd get me about halfway through the day. That's about it. And then what's the rest of your day like? Uh, ice packs, legs elevated, arguing, fighting. You know, it's just, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I can, but I do manage on uh, 150. And you have to, you know, sometimes, like when it first happened, um, I was up 250, 300 milligrams a day, but... Yeah, it's that's a rabbit hole. You really don't want to go down because, you know, you build up a tolerance. So, like, I managed to get down to the dose I'm at, and I've been at this dose now for eight, nine years, and it and it works. Um, I I can work. You know, I can uh, I can put food on the table. I'm not uh, I'm not on welfare, or, uh, you know, compensation or anything like that. So, you know, you're a functioning member of society, and you can uh, you can get by. Yeah. If you get to 90, will you be able to continue? Uh, no, absolutely not. See, it makes no sense. No. You're not, not a, you're not a, you're not a problem. You're not, a, you're not causing no. troubles. No. I've never, uh, I've never had a problem with my meds. I never take more than I'm prescribed. I keep track of every single one of them, right? Yeah. Casey, thanks for the call, sir. It's, you have to hear these stories. Important to hear the stories of the people who are suffering with the pain. Karen is in uh, Alberta. Hi, Karen. Hi, Roy. Gee, it's wonderful that you're covering this. Um, I work with clients who have chronic pain, and I also have chronic pain. And um, it's sad. Um, personally, I've had um, six family doctors over the years who were willing to take me on it as, as a patient until I came in, as usual, with the few bottles that I have and showed them what I do. I chart everything. And they went, oh, no, we won't do triplicates, which, of course, is your opioid um, medications. And it's easier, actually, to get opioids for my dogs than it is for myself. Now, having said that, I have gone through pain clinics and that, and I have two absolutely wonderful pain experts in Edmonton, so they're a a three-and-a-half-hour drive away from where I live. And I think that people are not, we're not experiments. Physicians these days do not get enough education on nutrition or pain management, and I believe that when they just look at the books, they believe that one type of, let's say an opioid, will take care of all the pain. Well, maybe that person has different types of injuries and different types of pain. And the gentleman you just had on, I get it. We want to be functioning people in the community. And we don't, we're not textbooks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, there are lots of people who get sleepy with opioids. I'm one of those folks who doesn't. And I'm in the hospital and I have surgeries. I'm just clear, I'm wide awake. I don't get sleepy with them. Well, Karen, the, would, you, would you share, you know, you said, you, we hear the term chronic pain over and over. Yes. But I think the word chronic sometimes reduces the impact um, for, as far as what the pain actually does to people. Chronic sounds like, well, you have it every day, so you should be able to deal with it. Um, in, you know, in the minds of many people hear the word chronic, chronic pain, so you have it every day, so what's the problem? What is your, what is your chronic pain like at its worst without medication? Okay, well, I'm not as bad as friends of mine. Um, it will burn so bad that I have um, difficulty sleeping. That's the big one. Because um, I, I use the exercise. I use the cold. I have the cold machines. I have heat packs. Um, I know what to do with that. But we want to go out and work. And, of course, my work involves sitting a lot. And, of course, that can contribute to me because I'm not necessarily able to get up and walk around. And I'm a, I'm a task-orientated person. When I feel well, I get way too much done. So, yes, we, we go up and down. 
so you don't have the same pain level all the time. And it's difficult to explain that to many physicians, not all. So, you know, Roy, this, the government, uh, it's like a power control issue. They're not listening to people. Uh, patients are not experiments. They're living, breathing people that deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Well, there was a, there was a conference in Ottawa a few months ago, and it featured some of the top politicians and some of the top doctors. And guess who wasn't invited? Patients. No patients invited, none, zero. I understand that later on, because of the pressure and because of the fallout, they did allow patients in. But initially, thank you, Karen. I appreciate you calling in. They would not allow patients in. Garney's in Saskatchewan. Garney, hello, sir. Hi. Hi. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I, um, my pain is uh, diabetic neuropathy. And I've had it for, uh, oh, 16 So what does 15, that do to you? Years? What, what does that do to you? Uh, well, if I don't take uh, my pain medication, and at its worst, it feels like I'm hooked up, my feet are hooked up to an electric fence. So that pretty much takes mobility out of the game. Yeah, I, I have serious mobility. I, I use a walker when I get around. And uh, I'm only 62, so... Uh, I pay for these uh, medications myself. Uh, what I take is uh, uh, oxycodone. Um, well, it's an oxycodone and uh, acetaminophen mix uh, tablet. So uh, Tylenol. Five milligrams of oxycodone and three hundred twenty-five milligrams of acetaminophen, which is just basically aspirin. And I also take an oxyneal which is 10 milligrams of oxyneal. Was it your doctor that came up with this prescription? No, Obviously. well, eventually it started in a hospital because I right. wound up losing a foot because right. of this. It started with, you know, because I'm diabetic, right? right? And um, I had an ulcer in my foot, and I wound up losing a, my left foot. And uh, then, uh, but I still feel it in both of my feet, only even though I only have one. So, Garney, I only have about a minute. What... Uh, what do you need? What what do what do well, doctors I, I need to, to know? Tell you the truth, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't mind if they increased it a little bit because all I get is five uh, oxycodone um, tablets a day and one oxyneal at night, which is a long-acting uh, um, pill. Yeah. Are you afraid? Are you afraid? Afraid of them cutting oh, back? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to get worse, and yeah. it has been getting worse. It, yeah. it, it's slowly creeped up. At, at first, it started like a almost like I thought I had a f- athletic feet or, or or what do you call it? Athletic foot. Athlete's foot. You know, yeah, like it felt like an itch in the beginning, seventeen right. or sixteen years ago, and then as it gradually went or ca- it came on, I, um, it was keeping me up at night. I was still working yeah. as a as a pipe uh, pipe fitter welder out in industrial construction, but that all ended in 2010. Uh, yeah. Gary, uh, uh, Garney, there's a lot that, thank you for the call, there's a lot that has to be, a great deal, that has to be in the open about this. And it's just, I mean, you don't, you don't hear the patients talked about, or not very much, so I wanted to rectify that when I saw the news about the cannabis legislation and thought about some of the options that are available to heroin addicts, but what the uh, pain patients are afraid of, 
felt like there's something we should talk about. When we come back, President Trump has accused by tweet the Obama administration of tapping his phone lines at Trump Tower. Sound plausible? We'll talk to security uh, expert Ross McLean. He'll join us from Toronto. Stay with us.